Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column for the woman who desires to deepen and beautify her inner world. Every week, we'll answer a letter from listeners just like you, who are looking for insight and wisdom on the most pressing questions in their story right now. Make sure to stay with us until the end to hear our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower, a podcast for the woman with a deep inner world. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and newly minted doctor, a food blogger, tea drinker, and plant-based entrepreneur. Thank you all so much for joining us today, wherever this podcast might find you, whether you are taking a walk, maybe doing some laundry, washing the dishes, driving to work, wherever you are, thank you. And we will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we will recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our thorn, something that left us feeling dry or depleted or frustrated. And finishing off with our rose, something that fostered our inner world or brought us joy or built us up. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? So my thorn, something I was already already sharing with you, Kelia, um, early this morning, I woke up thinking, oh, it's Saturday. I can sleep in. I was just like lying on my pillow, smiling, feeling really nice. And then just a few seconds later, I realized I could see like in my line of sight what Um, what's called an aura. So it's the beginning of the kind of migraines that I get and my excitement just immediately was dashed away. I was (laughs) like, oh no. So I spent most of the morning just like stretching my shoulders and my neck and kind of self-massaging even got a massage from my my husband and using this this heat thing to put, you know, around my my neck to just kind of loosen the area out and whatnot. So yeah, it's just kind of feeling a little, a little crummy from that kind of a, a bit of residual headache and it just, for anybody who's never had a migraine, it just makes you feel blah. And it's hard to understand yeah. why. You're like, why can't I do things that are normal? <laughs> because mm-hmm. I don't feel normal. So <laughs> that's a bit thorny. Um, I'm sorry. That's no fun. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> but um, I can still remember and recount to you my lovely rose from from yesterday, um, a really special meal that Daniel and I shared together. So um, a few nights ago, Daniel was saying, oh, we should make some curry squash gnocchi. So like mm. gnocchi is usually made with potato. And we have this recipe that we found online to like just use a baked potato or something to make it. And so instead I subbed out um, curry squash, which is basically kind of like pumpkin and it just worked so, so well. I, I soaked a bunch of cashews that I was using to make various things with like a, um, to blend into like a cream, like a cashew mm-hmm. cream. And, uh, I started out for the recipe, then like sweating some onions and then adding garlic and I made the gnocchi. And then I added in like the cashew cream to the onions and nutmeg, white pepper, sage I bought some fresh sage just for this occasion <laughs> and just added all that together threw in some uh, arugula to to wilt in there and it was just I was so proud of myself it it like worked so beautifully and we got to um pair it with this 
lovely Chenin Blanc. It's a white wine that we've been holding on to for quite a while. Daniel actually got to buy it um, last season, like with some some like a Christmas bonus, kind of some Christmas money that that we decided to splurge on this really nice wine, and um, it just paired so beautifully with the pasta. So we were. It's, it's just nice when you're holding on to something and you want it to be special. I don't want to just drink this on any occasion. It, it felt like we waited for the right time. Mm-hmm. That's that's just the best. That sounds like a lovely rose. That was so fun. Well, uh, my thorn this week also happened this morning, but it also kind of started yesterday morning. So um, our smoke detector started chirping just out of nowhere. And we're going like, oh, I guess, you know, maybe the battery's dying and we're going to have to fix that soon. And it was only going off like while I was cooking, but I wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary. So that was a little bit strange. And then would also go off like after we took a shower or something. So I'm like, that's really strange. Um, and so it, it was fine because yesterday it stopped after like a little while and I was like, okay, I guess we can live with that. It only chirps, you know, if I am in the shower, if I'm cooking something. But then to this morning it started at well, while I was making breakfast and I was like, okay, that's fine. It'll stop. And then it just never stopped. And it just kept chirping every like 30 seconds. We were going like, what are we going to do? How, like, we have to fix this somehow. And we took the battery out and it wasn't stopping. And we were just going, oh my goodness, how are we going to stop this? And I have to record this and I can't have something chirping. So eventually we got it figured out, but it was just like a, a no fun thing to have to go figure out. (laughs) Is it one um, of those that's like attached to a wire in the ceiling or something? Yeah. 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 Crazy. I don't know anything about smoke detectors <laughs> and like what makes them different from, I, I don't know. But yes, it is one of those. And so that was a little bit like just not fun to have to go figure out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my rose is that I finally, after months and months and months of um, no work in the entertainment industry, um, I got to work on set the other day for Yay. a couple of days and my goodness it was so much fun to be back and um yeah I, I just I really missed um just that energy that you get of you know walking through these um on the studio lot and you know there's just kind of nothing like it and it was mm-hmm. I worked on a studio that I hadn't worked at before and um so that was another fun thing that I get to you know explore this new lot a little bit. And, um, it's just so fun walking down those big, long stretches of, of, um, I don't know how else to describe it. It's not a hallway cause it's not inside, but like these, you know, roads where mm-hmm. they have all of these, um, like posters on the sides of the, of the studios of all like the different things that have shot there. And, um, so you see all these old, you know, classic Hollywood actors that you're like, wow, like this person walked here once. It's amazing. So it was mm-hmm. just a lot of fun to um to be back there and doing something that I that I enjoy and that I love. That's so good. We, Long yeah. time in the waiting. Yes. Yes, very much so. All right. So just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get in front of the other ooh, whoa. Just totally tripped over my words there. <laughs> Boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it there. It's not as if I've said that many times. <laughs> um, and make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, 
we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today in your unique story. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of making the holidays special without a big family. Dear Wallflower, I am newly married and will be spending Christmas with just my husband this year. As a lot of Christmas celebrations are focused around family and traditions, I'm looking for ways to make our smaller Christmas still feel full. What are some traditions you might suggest we try out? How can I make Christmas feel special when it's just us two? Signed, Hoping for Traditions. So Jessica, what are your thoughts for a writer today? I got excited when I read this letter. It sounds like this is their first Christmas as a married couple, and that's really special. It makes me think back to our first Christmases and even just the ways that we've done things in recent years. And it's just such mm-hmm. it's such a joy to get to form those unique traditions, um, those rhythms to to actually choose. You know, you're not, you know, beholden to who else is around you, what they prefer it's you get to just start from scratch if you want to you know and or carry along anything that you want to take with from your families of origin so it's just a really cool opportunity and I hope that um she leans into that and I can already tell you know that she's being so intentional about it it really Mm -hmm. is a gift and a joy to get to do this um as much as many of us may have rich memories of quote full christmases from our childhoods filled with lots of people and activities there is something deeply satisfying and truly precious about celebrating christmas just as a twosome mm. so i hope that she hears that you know don't don't feel like it's somehow automatically lesser than i think it's just different and anything has its pros and cons because it's unique from what it isn't, right? It's true. So the fact that it is this, it means it's not something else and you can't have the specialness of a twosome Christmas when you have 14 or 24, Mm -hmm. whatever, (laughs) or people around. So um, yeah, I want to encourage our writer here right at the start to lean into this opportunity and join forces with her husband to craft a memorable first Christmas for enjoyment now, as well as for setting the tone for years to come. So um, just some practical things for her to consider. I'll kind of bunch these together and like leading up to Christmas and then specifically like around Christmas Day itself. So first, as far as the days or, you know, the month or so leading up to Christmas, I would say prepare together in intentional ways. So, you know, do you want to decorate your home? And if, mm-hmm. if so, how, you know, I don't know where they live, if they're able to put up lights at all, you know, even in like an apartment or a condo, sometimes you can do lights around the window or if you have a balcony or something like that, or indoors, whether you're going to have a tree. Um, As a kid, even as a teenager, I loved decorating gingerbread houses. It's been a while since I've done that, but some people still love to do that as adults too. So I feel like you don't have to be a kid to do kind of kid-like, childlike things if that's enjoyable for you. I would say just in general, you know, more broadly, as you talk about what you value and what you want during the Christmas season, um, what kinds of things 
do you each remember from your childhoods that you want to bring in and, and, and continue to do as a tradition? And then maybe what things do you intentionally want to leave behind? You might say, mm. oh, you know, my parents made us do this every year and I really didn't like it. So please, <laughs> can we not do this? You know, and it's, I think it's also helpful to express those things before if if there's anything you think might trigger you you know you can you can be honest about those things and hopefully dodge a bullet mm. so to speak you never know sometimes those things surprise us but like i hate that movie i can't believe you love that movie sometimes things like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um in addition to thinking about what you want to carry forward you might think about what you've seen other people do if there are other traditions that you thought oh, I'd always wished that my family had done that. Or maybe you just learned about something this year that you'd never thought of before that you might want to try on. And it's okay. Don't don't fear that because you do something now, you have to do it next year and and forever going forward. This is a time to Mm. kind of try on traditions, see what sticks, see what is meaningful to you. Mm, That's actually really comforting to think about because I think probably our writer is going like, this is the year that I set the tone, you know, that I really start everything and get the ball rolling. And these are going to be the traditions that, you know, if, if they have children one day, that's what they're going to have their kids doing with them. Mm. Um, but I think that's actually really comforting to think about if you try something this year and you go, you know, it wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be scrap it. Don't do it again next year. Try, Mm -hmm. try something else. Come up with a whole slew of things that you want to try out and just like Jessica said, keep what sticks. Yeah. And, and, and adding to that is just the the importance of being intentional that if you want to shape and craft those traditions, then you have to question what's working and what's not, you know, Mm -hmm. and otherwise we do just easily fall into the ruts of, well, Christmas should look like, or it it always has looked like, like, who says, does it have to, do you have to watch that movie again? Or do you have to go to that event? Like if you hate crowds, why do you go to the Christmas fair every year and like buy all these little trinkets? Or maybe you love that and you've never got to go because your parents didn't like crowds, you know, like, what does it look like to question those quote little things that can actually, you know, like you're saying traditions, they can be as simple as this cookie that we always made and we, I still love it or that, yep. that cranberry bread or whatever. Like I think food can be a really important aspect of like setting the tone as well. Mm-hmm. And so um, consider something like that too. Like there's special foods that either or both of you want to have around during the month of December. Yeah. And uh, another way of preparing well, I think, is considering how you engage the season of Advent So, Mm. you know, hopefully a lot of our listeners will know about Advent wreaths and candles. Um, Typically they're lit on each, each of the four Sundays leading up to Christmas, but there can also Mm -hmm. be readings that go along with each day of the month leading up. Mm -hmm. And so that can be a really neat way as a couple or individually, and maybe you, you read them separately and come together and talk about them, but ways to engage in the preparatory heart and spirit of the season and not just getting caught up in kind of the materialistic sort of um, showiness that our society makes it into. Yeah. And then additionally, I think things like music definitely help to set, set the tone. So if there are certain like uh, albums that you grew up with that you like to, to have playing or just things that help make it feel Christmassy. I'm always, I'm always for stuff like that. And then I'd say as it gets closer to the actual day of Christmas or considering what to do on the day of Christmas together to make it feel special again, back to food. I think that it's 
there's something wonderful about holidays and gathering around meals. And it doesn't have to be this huge buffet thing that you would do with a bunch of people. Like what, what do the two of you enjoy? You know, I think for some people, they think it's a holiday. I have to do something special. And I think for, for someone like me, I, I love that opportunity to do something a bit more special, kind of plan ahead, put a little bit more effort in, maybe splurge on some more special ingredients I wouldn't have all the time. But maybe you don't love cooking or it's more stressful to you. And maybe the joy is <laughs> to get to be more simple and feel like, you know, oh, it's my chance to decide that I want to eat this kind of thing today. Um that, that you guys can decide that may, maybe maybe the tr- tradition is to, I don't know, have popcorn for dinner instead <laughs> of this elaborate dinner. Or maybe it is an elaborate dinner if you love getting in the kitchen and doing something special. Or it's Christmas brunch or having this mm. kind of baked goodie like in the morning with tea or coffee as you kind of like greet the, greet the, the Christmas morning uh, together. So and sitting by the tree if you have one, that kind of thing. So... Yeah. Planning special meals and being intentional ahead of time, I think can, can help you feel like, okay, yes, this is special as opposed to trying to figure it out on the fly. Yeah. And one thing I took from your mother-in-law, Sally Clarkson, is oh. the sh- shepherd's dinner. Oh, sounds um, like we're both going to talk about that today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I'll just mention a little bit and you can elaborate more if you'd like, but um, it's just a special way to bring some of the like biblical history into today. Like mm-hmm. um, it's especially fun with little kiddos that we've done it with our, um, my brother and sister-in-law and our nieces and nephews um, a couple of years ago, but it's basically kind of like mimicking, like you're the shepherds kind of awaiting. Um, well, I guess they didn't really know what they were awaiting because they were just living another day. Right. But mm-hmm. it's just a way of, like sitting on the floor by the tree and reading the story from the shepherd's perspective and having simple, a simple meal. And if you want to go all in, like thinking about what would they have available in that ancient time? So maybe you're having bread and dates and olives or whatever, you know, things like that. So that's a fun thing. I could let you say more if you want to see more about that in a bit, (laughs) but um, that could be something unique as well. And then I would also say, to be creative about gifts and like, you don't have to exchange gifts. Daniel and I typically don't. Um, so feel free to break that, that mold if you want to, but um, you can d- even decide just to exchange little things. If you don't want to make big purchases without mm-hmm. the other person knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually one year I even made Daniel an advent calendar, which was really fun, but also yeah. didn't feel super sustainable. So depending on how much time you have, you know, feel free to get creative. What we want to do, um, some people just love stocking. So even if you're not doing a big gift, if you're a stocking lover, you know, mm-hmm. go out and get fun little stocking stuffers, things that you can um, just excitedly open together. Because it's always fun, right? To have something to open yeah. in the morning. So in general, just, you know, as a couple, find what works for you and be be curious about um, what what might feel special. And then finally, I would just say, consider how you want to engage the Christmas season spiritually together. I mean, again, I already mentioned the Advent readings, but um, I think it's so easy to get caught up in the flurry of the actual Christmas day activities that even if it's just the two of you, like the memories of the past of, oh, we're going to have to get out to grandma's house or we're going to uncle whoever's, you know, um, it's easy to kind of miss the sitting down being intentional to 
maybe read the Christmas stories together, you know, out of Matthew and Luke attending a Christmas Eve service, like making sure that we are present to and attentive to the whole reason that we're celebrating. And Mm so, um, not letting that get, get lost in the shuffle. So finding for you guys, you know, what is the special way of incorporating that, that feels personal to you. Yeah. So Kelia, I'm really curious to hear your advice, especially since you and Nathan have had the time to develop your own traditions during your years of being married and not necessarily living near family for most of your marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So I really love this question. Um, I think it's something that a lot of young married couples go through. You know, if you um, don't yet have children or you don't live near family, um, this is this is probably something that you're going to be facing at some point. And my husband and I, a few years ago, um, had a Christmas that was just us two. Um, you know, it was in the midst of, of COVID. And so traveling was difficult, especially with people overseas. And just so it just ended up that it was going to be us two. And so I experienced this, uh, you know, this feeling firsthand of like, the house is, you know, wow, it's like so empty. There aren't that many presents under the tree. Um, this doesn't exactly feel like Christmas always has. And, you know, I think it's tempting to to be a little bit um, uh, disheartened by that. But, you know, rather than just being sad about that, we decided to try to figure out ways to get creative and end up having a Christmas that now we look back and we say, you know, it was hard being away from family, but we actually had so much fun that Christmas and we actually have a lot of really wonderful memories. So here are some of the things that we did to make that happen. Um, first, I know this feels silly with just two people. Um, make sure to decorate. I don't know if a writer is in a house or, or an apartment, but wherever you are, there is something that you can do to make your space feel like Christmas. And, um, you know, even if they aren't going to be having people over, for me, transforming our surroundings just really made all the difference. And it made the home feel special and like it was, um, you know, separate from the rest of the year kind of. And so our writer could even consider um, going thrifting with her husband for different decorations um, cause I assume if they're newly married, they probably don't have, you know, that, that closet full of, of, um, decorations that every family has. Right. So the way, you know, that she can do this is go thrifting, find, um, de- decorations, go to different stores and, and get creative about what you want to do and, and try something different that you've maybe never decorated with before. And so that way you get to decorate and um, you get a fun adventure out of it. You and your husband get to go out and find, you know, what you're going to dress your house up with. Um, another way that we made it special, Jessica mentioned this, and I have to as well, was through food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so my husband and I both just love our food. We find great comfort in it and, um, you know, we enjoy eating together. It's just, it's part of the quality time that we spend together. And so we decided to not skimp on having fun foods in the weeks leading up to Christmas. So I would make snowball cookies, which for those of you who have not had them, 
um, you're in for a treat. They're basically just these little cookie mounds with like chopped pecans and, you know, they taste very vanilla-y and um, they're covered with powdered sugar. So of course they look like little snowballs and they're just so good, especially when they're just out of the oven. They're just absolutely delightful. And so I would like make a batch of 12 and then just like put them in the freezer. And when we wanted a couple, I would just make those. So um, I also made cinnamon rolls. I suggested the recipe for these specific rolls on another episode a few weeks back. Um, we ate them on Christmas morning. Um, they were the most just delectable rolls I've ever had. Um, we made a fun festive dinner, you know, that night. So I would suggest just um, having fun and trying out different recipes in the weeks leading up to Christmas. Maybe something, you know, you can uh, both bring something that you had growing up in your own families. And then you can both say, what's something that we want to try that we never had because, you know, dad didn't like this or mom was allergic to this. So just get creative about that. Um, another thought I had is, you know, every family has their traditions that they've been doing for who knows how long. And so I would suggest that she and her husband both take a few of the traditions that they each grew up with and try, you know, incorporating that and maybe putting their own twist on it. So here's where I'm going to talk about the shepherd's meal that Jessica already introduced. <laughs> so growing up, my husband family, my husband's family would do something called the shepherd's meal on Christmas Eve. And so, um, as Jessica already explained, you know, they would kind of, um, get these food. Ooh, I already knocked over my uh, water almost. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they would get together these, um, you know, plates of, uh, uh, bread and nuts and fruit and cheese and potato soup. And then they would turn off all the lights, uh, light candles, read the story of Jesus's birth, um, you know, and, and it basically have this meal from the perspective of the shepherds, right? And that to him was just the most fun. And I remember the first time I got to do it with his family. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was this tradition that you go, wow, we're never going to let go of this. And so that was something that my husband really wanted to do, just us two. And so we did that. And then um, one of the ways that we made it a little bit different from what he would do with his family is we decided to afterwards, um, we put some hot chocolate in some thermoses and we drove up to the mountains and we went and looked at the stars. Mm, love that. Yeah. And so that was kind of like a, you know, we were just reading about them looking at the stars and the story, right. And we we're going to go out and look at the stars after. So it was a lot of fun. And that was, um, just a new thing that we hadn't done before. It was special for us. Um, another thing, Jessica already mentioned this, but I think it's a really wonderful thing. Um, I, I would suggest try, uh, to read something together, you know, maybe you can, um, uh, find one of those devotionals for, you know, the Advent season and you can read every morning or night, depending, um, with your husband. And so, you know, that way you both are kind of like Jessica said, preparing yourselves spiritually and your hearts spiritually to really interact with this, um, season in a way that is not, just, you know, caught up in, oh, you know, what gift are we going to get each other or, or something? But you're really taking a moment to, again, reflect on why why we even have this, um, this celebration to begin with. Um, another thing, you know, my husband and I really love reading books together, like simultaneously, we each, you know, turn over at night and like read the book and go like, okay, you can't read past chapter 14. Um, so you could read the Christmas Carol 
together or something like that. Just a classic where you both are um, taking part in kind of this, this fun Christmassy thing together every, every day. Um, you know, I think it's tempting, you know, just going back to like all the traditions that, that different families have and trying out traditions. Um, I think it's tempting to feel like when it's just the two of you to feel like, well, you know, I feel like these traditions are supposed to have more people involved and mm. why bother? It's just us two. It's, it's not a real crowd. And what I say is do the absolute most to make it feel special. Um, and it, you know, just, just like you do when, when the house is filled with people mm-hmm. set the table, you're worth it. it. Yeah. It, yes. Yes. <laughs> you and your husband just on your own are worth it. Um, set the table, sit there, light the candles, put on a playlist, mm. put on a fire, make the house feel cozy. Like set it up as if you had people coming over, really. Um, don't fall into the trap of just feeling like, why bother? I say, go ahead and bother. Um, mm-hmm. Choose to make it special. Don't let the fact that the house isn't brimming with people keep you from setting the scene. And um, lastly, I would suggest our writer, um, Maybe, you know, there are other couples that she knows in the neighborhood or from church. Um, I would suggest that she, throughout the month of December, she and her husband get together with these other couples or or maybe families um, from her church or neighborhood. Because the reality is, as much as you, you know, will put into um, having a a fun Christmas season, yeah, it is hard being away from family. Um, And so maybe there are other couples from her church that are also having a small Christmas and and they would like to get together for a Christmas Eve brunch Mm -hmm. or um, maybe there's a family who would love to have her and her husband over for dinner or maybe there's even some uh, community gatherings that her church is going to be putting on. So just if if there's any way that she can still connect with people outside um, her her little home, I think that's a a, a helpful thing to make it um, feel like she's still surrounded by community yeah friendly faces because I think that is such a nice thing about the the holidays um yeah those are my suggestions so I hope that um that we were able to offer some fun traditions that our writer might try out or just inspiration to um to go out and and make her Christmas with her husband so much fun and like they don't feel like they're missing that much all right, so it's time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast where we will suggest to you something that we have been reading, um, eating, watching, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be live. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what's your suggestion this week? In the spirit of the focus of today's letter, I will be recommending some Christmas music. So I'm recommending Leslie Odom Jr.'s Christmas albums. Now, I am not one for Christmas music that I didn't grow up on. I mean, who doesn't rely on a few good albums of um, Amy Grant and Queen Grace? <laughs> but um, I did discover uh, Leslie's Christmas music just a few years ago, and I was sold. I had to add it to my collection, you know. <laughs> so I'm not just nostalgic now. I've got some new music in there. Um for anyone who's unfamiliar with Leslie, um, he played Aaron Burr in the original Broadway cast of Hamilton, and his voice wow. defies justifiable description. Um, 
in the colloquial phrasing, his his voice is like butter. It's smooth as butter. Yeah. Um, you might even say it's like a rich, silky, hot chocolate made from mm. scratch, like with real melted chocolate from a dark chocolate bar. It's like that. Wow. <laughs> That's what his voice is like. <laughs> so if you want just some classic Christmas music sung by someone with a gorgeous voice, check out his albums. They're delightful. That sounds like so much fun. And I think everyone is always in the mood for new Christmas music. We always have those old favorites, but eventually you want to start adding new favorites that will become old favorites eventually. Tried and true. Spice it up with something new. Yes. A little bit of both. Yeah. Exactly. Well, my suggestion this week is a book called The Hidden Art of Homemaking by Edith Schaefer. And, you know, as we were talking about making the home beautiful, putting the absolute most effort into it, not um, skimping, seeing yourself as, as worth having a beautiful home. So this book really helps um, cast a light on the hidden purpose and beauty of homemaking in the everyday. And it encourages you to see it as a form of artistic expression rather than um, just kind of monotonous duty, which I just think is so, so incredibly needed and valuable. Um, there's nothing like home when you take the time to craft it. So if that sounds like it's uh, something of interest to you, go ahead and check out The Hidden Art of Homemaking by Edith Schaefer. All right, to wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can check out my blog post at edenandme.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder and my substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal for articles about recipes, uh, relationships, beauty, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.